and welcome back to the What The Folk Sunland preview show. Uh, 1-0 defeat at Middlesbrough leaves Sunland in eighth position as we head into a tough run of fixtures, which begin with Millwall this Saturday. Both sides and their outlooks are vastly different from the last time Millwall visited the stadium light and both fans will be hoping that the goalkeepers are significantly better than they were on that day in 2017. However, if you haven't checked a Millwall in the past few years, luckily for you, we have the excellent Kai Bennett from the South London Press and that Millwall podcast to give us a lowdown on the Lions and their season so far. But Kai, first and foremost, mate, how are you? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. That was an absolute farce a couple of years ago, wasn't it? It was ridiculous. <laughs> I've never seen a mad, a more mad game than that. The thing is, I remember looking back at that game and I mean, obviously it was Robin White who was in goal for us that day and I think it was Archer in goal for you. And it was yeah. like all four goals I was trying to pick which was the worst. And I think I decided your second was the worst. He literally chucked it in. Oh, he, I, I, I'm convinced there was some sort of match fixing involved in that game right between the goalkeepers. It was unbelievably bad, wasn't it? Like, I don't think I've ever seen worst. It was really bad. I think but, that was uh, I think that was our season in a nutshell with goalkeepers that year, but that game in particular sticks out like a sore thumb. Believe it or not, Kai, um, he was our best of the three goalkeepers we had that year. So make of that what you will. Um, thankfully, a long, long time ago. Um, I think obviously we're going to delve deeper, as we always do in the podcast, but as always, you have to start from the top. So we'll go with your most recent result. You cut out like a three-game losing streak with a, a solid 2-0 win over Cardiff City. How was the performance and how was the win? Um, much, much better, much, much improved um, last couple of games. We had some tough games, to be fair to us. You know, Burnley, Norwich away and Sheffield United away, which also lost, is, is the probably the most disappointing one would have to be the Reading at home. I mean, how they're up there, I mean, I don't, got no idea. Like, honestly, I, I don't think, I don't think I've seen Millwall play so badly like that, but still look in the game, if that makes sense. Like, they, they were ridiculously bad. And, okay, they get a goal, they nick an early goal, and you could see what was going to happen from there. It's going to be time-wasting if they were happy to see it out. And as you probably would be, I mean, Den's a tough place to come to, and if you, if you get the lead, you want to you want to hold on to it, don't you? So um, I think the Cardiff match was a, was a, was a much more um, Millwall-like performance. We worked hard, we dominated, we, dominated, we tried to dominate the ball, which was good to see. Uh, they had very little uh, Cardiff there, maybe a, a hit, they hit the post in the first half. But other than that, uh, we, we were pretty much dominant at that game. And and the, the goals were good to, good to see. Cresswell coming off the bench and Bennett getting his first old burst of the season. Uh, Zio Fleming looks like he's clicking as well for now for us. So, yeah, it was a, a good weekend for us. In terms of the, the season as a whole, I was obviously, I had one of your guys on from that Millwall podcast in the season um, discussing Dan Ballard and obviously it comes up you know, where should Millwall be, what you're aiming for. And I think, you know, it's been some time since we, f- we faced each other, but you finished just outside of the playoffs last season. So naturally, the aim you would imagine is going into the playoffs, but the championship is, is mad. Yes, we've been out for a while, but we know how crazy the whole league can be and, and how anyone can be anyone. But what would be deemed as a, a successful season for Millwall in reality and what would be deemed as an unsuccessful season? Um, I think a successful season, <clears throat> I think as every as every Millwall fan would, would love, is the playoffs. I think Gary Rowe alluded to it when he first came, he had a three-year plan. Uh, we are in the third year of his plan now, the full third, full season. So Gary will want to make the playoffs this year, as as will the players, the fans. I think we've last season was a was a weird one. We um, I thought we probably did enough to, to to creep in, but obviously when you play Bournemouth on the last game of the season, you need a win. It's going to be it's always a, that's a tough tough match, especially when they're you know they finish second. I was sort of hoping that them winning the, in them in midweek would actually help us because obviously they were they would have gone up. So I thought well, maybe they might take the foot off the gas. But um, they didn't do that at all. They were they were still Bournemouth, as, as everyone knows Bournemouth in the Championship. So I think as for unsuccessful, it'd probably be anything less probably than 12th. Um, for me anyway, I think Mill, 
obviously our budget's really small and realistically look at our budget or we probably are sort of a 17th 18th place championship side in terms of our budget but in terms of the, the players they just seem in the last couple of years I don't think there's been this much excitement especially when I've been a Millwall fan in terms of the championship apart from Harris the season before he left um I just we just feel like when the, when the players don't play well and we, or we lose I think the disappointment is because we know what they're capable of and it's an, it's, it's an exciting it's an exciting squad it's an interesting squad it's probably different I mean I've never ever been a Millwall fan and, and not seen a target man up top um you know and I've been I've been going to Millwall since I was about three, three, maybe three or four now so three or four so it's just 14 15 years and we've always had a target man not this season and not the second half of last either so we're trying to move forward in a different way now um which good to see. And yeah, I think that'll probably be unsuccessful, probably be bottom half of the table, I'd say. When it comes to Gary Rowett, I think, you know, it wasn't that long ago when you're looking at him and he was getting touted for potential Premier League jobs because he was one of those up and coming young managers. He didn't have the best stint at, at Stoke. A few managers can say the same. Um, maybe Alex Neal could say the same in a few months' time. Who knows? <laughs> um, but I think ultimately he's kind of settled a little bit at Millwall and kind of quietly done an all right job. How do Millwall fans view him? Is this season like the crunch time or are you, are you quite confident in that, you know, there's not going to be such a thing as crunch time. He's, he's progressing the team well. Um, well, actually, before the Cardiff match, there was a lot of stick. Uh, Rao was getting a lot of stick, but I think with, with Gary Rao, it's, it's the more of the style of play rather than our, um, than, than losing. I think every Millwall fan, I, I think I can speak on behalf of most Millwall fans, if, if we go out there and we play and we we look we look exciting, we, we, we attack from minute one and we lose I don't know, 4-0, 3-0, if we lost, fans just are happy just to see attacking football and that sort of drive to get forward. I think it's when we sort of maybe a little bit, um, we're a bit more content to sit back and then try and nick on the counter-attack and then we still lose. And I think that's when the fans think, do you know what, this this squad's capable of more. And um, if, you know, he, maybe the fans think we could utilise that a little bit more. And I, I do I do somewhat agree. Um, but sometimes, you know, when you win and you win 1-0 and you've sat that most of the game, ultimately it's, the result that counts, isn't it? Um, so I, I can see both sides of the argument. Um, but I'm I'm very content with what Brown's doing. I think he's he's been really good for us and he's stabilized us in championship, so can't really argue. Yeah, and, and I think that's a big thing as well when we talk about progress and what's successful and what's not. I think I can't count off the top of my head because I say it's been a while since we've been in the championship and I'm still getting used to it. But obviously Millwall were newly promoted not that long ago and, and now we don't see them as anywhere near relegation candidates. If anything, it's it's pushing up the league and that's probably testament to Millwall's past few years under out, isn't it? No, definitely. I think Millwall are much more of a... Um, teams come to the den now and I don't think they I actually believe they're going to get anything. And when he first came in, we had a sort of a struggle where... We were doing. We had a, t- a really bad away record just before he came in. I don't think we won on a Saturday for about. It was something silly like eighteen months. We hadn't won on a Saturday at three o'clock. It was a big, big, like a big, big, um, like th- you know, it, it gone back a long way. And he came in and he and he did really well with, with away from home. We set up with his five at the back and we were really strong. And we and we sort of lost a little bit of our home form in that. We we weren't as strong as home as we had been in the past under Harris and and managers like that. But recently it's gone back to again about our probably our away away form. Uh, hasn't been as good. I don't think we've won away in t- eleven games, um, so our away. But our home form once again is is the Dens of Fortress. Um, I think Reading are the only team that have beaten us in the last like nine ten games of the Den. Um, I think we've won eight of them or something like that. So the, the Den the Den is a fortress. Um, but yeah, since Gary's come in, he's really he's sort of he's he's put his ideas on the squad. And even though sometimes you know the five at the back can look a little bit defensive, can look a bit uh, negative. Um, I don't think it's meant like meant 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 to shoot look like that. It's it's meant to be 
uh, getting the wing backs high. But it's when the wing backs don't get high, that's when it is defensive. And I don't think that's really on him. I think that's more on sometimes the player, maybe confidence levels. And if they can, when they're confident, you, the five of the bat thrive. So yeah, Gary Rout's done a really good job so far. Going back to the the Cardiff result, obviously you came in the back of um, sort of three defeats. But as you said before, Norwich, Burnley, Sheffield United, we've lost two of them. We I kind of understand how you can lose this game. That is possible. Um, but the result left you in 14th on 10 points. So you're like you're one point behind us. You've basically had exactly the same start with one more defeat. We've had one more draw. Um, I think when we get the 12th and 13th game, that's when teams and fans will start to see maybe where the, the results are going to be. But uh, sorry, the, the positions are going to be and how the season's going to go. Currently in 14th, after those eight games, though, if you were to make a judgment or the Millwall fans were to make a judgment, how content are you with what you've seen? Um, I always try and take start of the seasons into a little bit. I don't really look into them much because even 20 games throughout, uh, Millwall are very much notoriously a second half uh, side. And yeah, second half of the season. So I don't know. You look at probably last year, for example. I reckon we probably sit in fifteenth turn of the year, and we we probably won. We we won many most of our games. Um, second half of the season, probably won maybe sixty percent. And all of a sudden, that 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 flies you up the table. Um, we won five five in a row in the second half of the season. So I just like to see us be a late maybe because what 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 happens sometimes is the fact that we didn't get the playoffs last year is because we we started that a little bit too slow, and I think. If we can maybe just gain a little bit of momentum, get you know get that a few more points than maybe we had at the same stage last season, and maybe maybe as far after fifteen games, then we won't be looking back at the end of the season thinking we had to play a lot of catch up there, and that's why we didn't we didn't do as well. Um, so that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see us more make make more ground, uh, make more uh, be closer to them playoffs, uh, maybe come to the World Cup for example, and then be able to properly go on a, on a second half of the season uh, march towards them. Um, so yeah, that, that that's what I'd I'd say. Um, but no, so far it's I'm 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 happy. I'm I don't think eight games in, isn't it? So it's hard to sort of judge it too too much. But I've been happy with with what I've seen. I'm really pleased with all the new signings look look great. So yeah, no, it's exciting. I'm pleased you mentioned new signings there because obviously it was going to come up. Um, looking at the summer recruits, obviously one name massively sticks out like a sore thumb for for Sunderland fans. Our former captain, great guy George Honeyman, been lucky enough to meet him once or twice, and he's he's a great bloke. Got a lot of time for him, but he joined on a free transfer from Hull um, in the summer. He's featured in pretty much all of your games, be it sub or start. It's probably too early to judge, as you said, it's eight games in. But from what you've seen of him, what, what are the more uh, Millwall fans made of his time, and, and how's he settled in? I think George Honeyman is is a, you'll get this as a, as a Sunderland fan and, you know, the hard working um, community, that sort of stuff. And Millwall fans love a hard worker. And I think George Honeyman just fits in at, at Millwall so well. Um, he works so, it works unbelievably hard. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you this, but you already know all this, don't you? So, you know, he works unbelievably hard. I think he's got that little bit more quality than, than some hard work. You know, you get them hard working midfielders that don't really offer that much on the ball, but he's got that little bit more quality. He's got that, you know, that's that, you know, he's scored for us this season as well already. So, no, I love him. Think he's a, a really good player. Hasn't actually started in the last couple of matches. Um, so, but I, you know, I think that maybe he needs a little bit of a rest because you know the, the, the amount of energy and, and and yards he puts in, you've got to expect that little bit of tiredness, haven't you, every so often? So, get, I mean, you know that gate that game off on on Saturday, and hopefully we're back in the squad um, next weekend. It's a funny one, Honeyman, because obviously he was captain with us. He had the championship season, but you know, less about that the better. Obviously, we've talked about the Millwall game and. That was a the, the, one of the funnier moments in a really horrendously depressive season. But he had that season with us. I think after that, obviously he spent time in League One and was our captain. And I think there was some fan base. He was very Marmite with Sunderland. I think everyone agrees, works hard. I really liked him as a person. 
I really liked him as, as the captain and I was a bit disappointed when he was sold. Some fans didn't feel he was he was even League One level, but he's come up with Hull. He's, he's done well last year. From what you've seen so far, would you say Honeyman is a championship standard player? Has he kind of made that grade that we weren't 100% sure he would? Yeah, no, I would say so. Um, obviously, I saw him a little bit at Hull uh, when he was at Hull last year. And um, funny enough, he scored both goals at their place against us last year. So, you know, we knew he had that goal threat. Um, that's something we've needed for a little while now, some goals from midfield. Um, him and Zium Fleming coming in are, are 100% going to add that. Um, so, no, I think Honeyman is a definite championship player um, and he's a good one too. He's a hard worker and he, he's, he's, got, he's got quality as well. So, yeah, really pleased with that signing. Obviously, he hadn't started the past few games, but say he was to start or if he was to come on, where's he likely to play? Because I wouldn't say he was massively versatile with something, but he could play on the right, he could play in the 10, he could play in the, the sort of deeper line role. I think much of much of a muchness wherever you played him, but um, where's he playing for Millwall at the moment in his first few games? So he was playing in the number 10 role, um, but now Zian Fleming's back from injury. Um, our signing from Fortuna Sittard, he's he's back. So um, Honeyman has sort of dropped out of the team since he's been back in. Um, but I could very easily see Honeyman slotting in, you know, right in the centre of midfield alongside Saffold or Billy. Um, and I'd be very happy to see him there. So I, I think maybe for him, the number T didn't look that comfortable in the number 10 position. As much as much effort as he put in, much you know, he did show quality on the ball, but I just think he maybe didn't know perhaps all the time where to be. And I think that's you know, he, he's endeavour and work rate never lets him down, does it? But you know, sometimes it's that the position, and especially against games like Norwich, where when you get on that ball, you need to make something happen because you know you're not going to get that many goes uh, at making chances. So, um, but no, I can see him fitting in right in our midfield, you know, engine box to box, and yeah, I hope he hope he'll get a chance there. Sounds exactly like the George I know and remember, um, just sadly in a different league um, that we were in. But I think elsewhere, you looked at obviously your summer recruits. I think far and wide across the, the season, when you look at who you brought in, there's been minimal fees, there's been loans here and there, but you did spend money on Zian Fleming for from uh, Fortuna Sittard. Benicophobias came in, Jimmy Shackleton's came in from Leeds, as has Cresswell came in on loan from Leeds as well. Um, as always, there's been a decent amount of players that have came in. From the first eight games, taking Honeyman out of it completely, who's been the most impressive of the summer recruits? Well, it's a difficult one because we haven't actually managed to see that much of Fleming um, since he came in. Obviously, he got injured and he was out for about four games. Um, but what I've seen of him in the last two, I've been really, really impressed with him. He's got um, quality and he was brought in, I guess, to, um, dare we say his name, Jeb Wallace. Um, but I guess he was, he was brought, brought, he was brought in to sort of move us forward in a different way. So we didn't want a light for light replacement for Jed. We wanted a replacement that was going to take us in a different route, different way. And Fleming does that. He, he gives you that option in the midfield. He get, and he's so confident on Saturday. It's really funny. He tried a scissor kick. And I reckon that's probably the first time I've ever seen any middle player try that. And it was, honestly, I loved it. I loved it. And I love the way he, every time he gets on the ball, he tries to shoot. You can see his confidence is there. And nine times out of 10, doesn't go too far away. So he gets to score, but... I think he'll be um, a massive signing for us this year, especially in another one um, brought in um, Andreas Volslama um, from the uh, German league, so Union Berlin. He looks just what uh, we were looking for up top, a little bit, little bit of pace, um, hold up the ball well um, and looks an all-round good player. And then the other one I'll mention, just I'll give him a little mention as well. I mean, he made his debut on uh, Saturday, Callum Styles from Barnsley. Um, he looks like a top, top player. I think we, we got him for a loan, a uh, season-long loan. Uh, I think there is some sort of like option at the end of the season um, for that. Um, some articles are reported. So, um, no, he looks a top player. Leeds boys have been good as well. Cresswell's scored like three goals. So, um, you know, he's been good. But they've all been good. But I'd say probably 
I'd say the most, I reckon the one that's going to drive us up the table the most has to, is going to have to be Fleming. It's funny when you mentioned um, Styles there, I think there was about six clubs after him and there was decent rumours that he was, he was sort of linked to Sunderland and I think most Sunderland fans quite fancied that but then obviously he ended up at, at Millwall and he's came in from Barnsley. So um, unfortunately for us, it's not very nice to see that he started well, but nonetheless. Um, I think going back to the, the game against Cardiff, obviously, you know, I don't know if Rowett is the kind of person to play mind games, but he has mentioned that Sean Hutchinson, who's your captain, um, and Charlie Cresswell are likely to miss a game on Saturday. I think Hutchinson's definitely out, which is probably a benefit for us because I am just believe he's a big, big Newcastle fan. I could be completely wrong with that. Um, I'm pretty you're certain right. he is. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, which we, we could do without, to be honest. But um, if those two are out, which it looks like they might be, how much of a blow is that? And have you got ample replacements or is it going to be... Um, round pegs and square holes or no square pegs and round holes something like that you know what I mean <laughs> um, Hutch will definitely be out um, he's three to four weeks he pops something in his groin um, Saturday I believe um, Cresswell I think I think Cresswell will be fine I, I, I hope I, I believe so um, well if they're both out it's a, it's two big blows um, but we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll fill it somewhere or another you know we've got um, we've got Coops in there we've got Murray in there um, who can you know both they're both play in there and then if we need to that's the other thing mean, We've lost Ryan Leonard as well to injury three months, and he was probably your other one that could play in the centre-back role. Um, but no, I think we'll be fine. Uh, Murray Wallace, Cooper, and then we'll have to get someone else in there. If they're both up, both um, you know, I'm fit not, not to play. But I think Cresswell should be fine. Hutch is definitely out, but um, they will be. it will be a big load to, to miss Hutch. He's our captain, and he seems to give us that little bit more um, defensive, um, I'd say, a bit more solid at the back when he plays. We haven't been as good defensively this year. I think that'll click um, at some point, but... Uh, yeah, he's going to be a big blow. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's probably rightly important that he's not fit as well because he's going to be up for it. He's a, I'll just double-check there. I never like to Google you in the show, but I did nonetheless to make sure my facts were right. And he's died in the world black and white, unfortunately for him. Um, on the subject of injuries, though, obviously, I spoke to you in the, the summer, obviously, off the record, not on the podcast, and um, spoke to your podcast about Dan Ballard. It feels like a bit of a pointless conversation in many ways because he's obviously definitely out and... He's got a broken foot, but he, he did impress in the couple of games that we've seen him play like quite a lot. Um, unfortunately, he won't play this Saturday or for the foreseeable. But when he's back fit, based on your experience of Dan Ballard at Millwall, how good of a player do we actually have there? Oh, he's unbelievable, Dan Ballard. A really, really good player. Can't believe, to be honest, Arsenal actually let him go. Um, but it was always going to be a one of them ones. Could we sort out? Could we not? And I think they probably ended up leaving it. We probably, you know, we saw we saw Cresswell was obviously Cresswell came in and Cresswell seems like a really good signing. Uh, but with Ballard, you just I feel like you've you've got a you, well if he stays, you've got a future captain there. Put it that way. Um, he's strong. He, he knows what he's doing. He's he's commanding. Um, and I do wonder whether we're just maybe missing someone like him at the back this year. Maybe that's why we haven't been so good defensively. Uh, but no, he's he's a crack, cracking player. I'm just to be fair. I, you never, you never want to see a player out, um, especially one that did so well for your club. And you know, you, you, I had a lot of time for for, uh, for Dan Ballard. I thought he was a great player and loved him back. Um, but this Saturday, I feel like that would have been one way he'd have definitely scored. <laughs> so it's a, uh, you know, that, as you say about Hutch Newcastle, um, yeah, Ballard would have. I think if Ballard had been playing, I think every single Millwall fan would have put a bet on Ballard scoring and probably got themselves a fortune. So. Um, yeah, so it's, no, but it's, it's sad to see him out because he's, he's such a cracking player and good uh, top lad as well. Yeah, I think most of the Sunderland fans have already got a five on honeymoon scoring. So um, I think every player that came back last year scored against the support from potentially Charlie White. Um, and I'm pretty sure I'm accurate with that. So yeah, but nonetheless, it is what it is. Um, sort of away from the Dan Ballard injury, I think the obvious answer when I say who you worried about would be Ross Stewart. But 
as Sunderland fans all know, and as you know, he, he tweaked his thigh yesterday and it doesn't sound great. I think he's definitely going to be at least a doubt. Also, Dennis Serkin's exactly the same, probably our second best player. So we've got our own injury problems alongside, obviously, what we mentioned with, with Hutch for yourselves. But if Sunderland are to kind of win the game on Saturday, where are they likely to damage Millwall and which players are you sort of most concerned by? Um, for me, I, I'd have to say Ellis Sims. I uh, was really impressed how he started the season. I know we were off the, off the podcast before we started that Ellis Sims is one, obviously, we were after as well. And we never we never got him, unfortunately. Um, I think he's a he's your, almost he's got the ability to be your perfect striker in the way that he's quick, he's mobile, um, he's you know, wins balls in the air. So he's sort of an all-rounded striker. And I think he could potentially hurt us on Saturday with, with his pace. Um, and I think if you're probably going to beat us in one way, it would probably be um your, your counter-attacks, your transitions. We're not, we're not, I don't I this season, I don't feel like we've been great um when sort of backpedaling. Um and trying to, you know, trying to uh, defend with minimal people. Whereas, you know, if you've got, you break quickly from a corner, I think we'll probably struggle from that. So I think that's where we'll probably get damaged more than anything from the transition. So hopefully we can be a little bit more stable um, at the back. We were very good on Saturday. We kept on one of our, I think, second clean sheet of the season. So uh, that was nice and hopefully we can kick on. But I think if, you're, if one place you're going to damage us is, is on is on counter-attacks. Looking at the um, three games that you played where you, you got beat back-to-back, back. again, I know it's Norwich, Burnley and Sheffield United, but you didn't score in those games. You mentioned defence once or twice and how that's a bit shaky. Is goal scoring a problem or is it a case of those three games kind of in isolation? Um, I mean, if you look on paper, yes, the, the goal scoring was a problem, but I think the fact that we, again, in these games, we, we created this, Burnley, for example, they went 1-0 up, I think, 62nd minute. There was the 15 minutes after half time and leading up to the Burnley goal was probably some of the best attacking football I've seen at Millwall all season. Um, and we could have scored we at the post. Uh, Fleming made a good a force to keep her into a good save from a free kick. And it's just them fine margins, isn't it? If they go in, then, you know, we're looking good. We're looking good for a win. And, and you know, the goal scoring is absolutely fine. So I think sometimes it's fine margins. We don't seem to always get the rub of the green. I'm sure every fan, fan will say that about any any club. You know, it's a, it's a well-known thing. People say that, but... We, there's been times this season where you think, how has that not gone in? And you know, we have got we have got luck against Swansea. Only two own goals in the last two minutes is I'm, I've never seen anything like it. Um, but no, I think goal scoring isn't a problem. Uh, now we've got Fleming back, Voggy's fit, um, and Benikafobi score you know score goal on Saturday, so his confidence will be up. So no, I think I think we'll be fine now. Um, but I will, yeah, I'll, put, I'll probably put them three games down in isolation. Talking about the the game on Saturday, I think you touched on Noble's home form and how important that is, and I think. For any side who wants to be successful across any level of football, your home form's massive. Um, some have only won one game, but we've also only lost one at the stadium light. And to be fair, give or take for a goalkeeper scoring a 93rd minute equaliser and um, Coventry scoring a really good goal. It might have been three wins, um, one defeat and uh, the rest of it. But I think essentially at home, we do feel quite strong in terms of like the atmosphere is up. And I think even though we're newly promoted as a League One team, if I do say so myself, I think we're quite a big football club. Um, and I don't think it's a place that people would fancy coming. How do Millwall fans view Saturday's game? Because I suppose if it's another League One club, you may be looking at it as a newly promoted club you can beat. And in essence, we are a team that's just come up. But with all due respect to other League One teams that have come up, there's not 40-odd thousand fans there that would be getting behind the team. So how do you view it? Do you view it as a game that, you know, it should be a win or would you be happy to take a draw or, or kind of in between or what? Um. Probably right now, I'd probably take a point. Um, but if if I think for for us, I think 
as a as a fan, you know, as I think what Gary Rowe will be thinking is if we want to make the playoffs this year, this is the sort of games we need to be winning. Because Sunderland ultimately they're they are they are a big football club. They, you know, they are for me, they're one of the sleeping giants, aren't they, really? Um, so for me, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough game. The atmosphere is gonna be good. Sunderland fans will get there in their numbers, and, and obviously Millwall fans, I think I don't know how many are going up, but however many go up, they'll they'll make a lot of noise. So it'll be, you know, it'll be, it'll be a good game of football, hopefully, good atmosphere. And I just I just would like to see us be as as I said a little bit more sort of at the back and take our chances when they come and I think we'll, we'll be okay I take a point right now but as I said I think if we're, we're going to go for playoffs this year these are the sort of games we need to be winning the teams in and around you and and trying to get that that upper hand early on in the season. It's funny as well like talking about how Millwall fans would would view the game I suppose when it comes to something as a whole obviously looking completely from the outside looking in and kind of your opinions on on something will be maybe the same as I've got on, on Millwall you don't know all the details so you can't always have a, a full rounded sort of maybe balanced idea about it. But from the outside looking in, how far do you think something can go? Or do you think, because obviously some people are saying we could go playoffs. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the fans are quite happy to be safe in 15th. And I think that's a much more realistic aim. But some pundits are saying, oh, you've got momentum and they can do this and that and the other, which I don't think many Sunderland fans subscribe with. But what are your thoughts? How far can Sunderland go this season? Do you think it's a case of just consolidating? Or should we try and push higher and work on that momentum? I, th- I think so. There's, there's no reason why why not. You know, no one wants to play um, an underdog in the championship, and that's what that's what Millwall have been for for many years. But it, you know, pundits still write us off. We, you know, we've done all these things in the championship, and they still they still write us off. They still say we're you know not as good as these other teams, and you know we've beaten the other teams as well around us, and you know, they still write us off. But I think with Sunderland, that obviously I've watched Sunderland until I die and the Netflix uh, show, and it, it's amazing how big your club is you know like look at the infrastructure there and, and stuff like that and you think god this this club is is better than but it's bigger than the championship for sure the attendance you should get in league one championship are, it's just it's different it's different class isn't it so um no i think think you know Sunderland should be should be pushing for for playoffs and you know maybe it's even if it's not this season that should be an aim for the next season uh but no i've got no reasons i've got, look, every team listen there's every, every season there's a there's a team that surprises isn't there and you know last season it was um you know, the season before last, it was, it was Barnsley. Um, and I, I've got no, got no reason why Sunderland can't be up there uh, this season. God, I hope so. But I'll be happy with 15th, like I said, since the start, I think. But nice to hear. Um, score predictions, I've got none right, which it's just true to form for me. But um, I actually think Saturday is a really tough game. I think going to have to be a reshuffle there. I think obviously there's a bit of nerves with the fact that Ross Stewart's probably going to be out. If Ross Stewart's fit, that's a big boost. Um, I think the fact that he's tweaked his side I think expecting to be fit in two or three days' time is probably wishful thinking. So, would I take a draw? You want to win your home games. I don't want to have one home win in five, but would I take it in the grand scheme of things? Probably. And I see it going towards that, if I'm honest. I think both fans probably be content with a draw to an extent. Um, I think it'll be a cagey affair. Um, so I'm going to go 1-1, but I always get everything wrong. So it won't be 1-1, but I'm going to say 1-1. But Kai, where, if you were to make a prediction, if you were to put a bet on, where would you go? Um, I was I'd actually, I was actually thinking 1-1, uh, but I'll spice it up a little bit. I'll go positive. I'm always positive on the podcast. And I, that, I get a lot of people, you know, they always tell me I'm optimistic and stuff like that. But I'll be optimistic for Saturday. I think it's got to click at some point away. Um, and I don't, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet at Sunderland. Um, so I'll go 2-1 Millwall. You've got to back your team, haven't you? You've got to do that. Nothing wrong with a bit of positivity. Um, so says me, who's been negative for about two weeks now. Um, but Kai, if people want to listen to sort of Millwall stuff um, or catch the, obviously, your stuff you do from a journalist perspective, where can they follow you? Where can they find the podcast? Where can they find your written stuff? 
Uh, so podcast uh, that mill at, at that mill pod on each all social media. Uh, we do we do twice a week podcast. We'll probably do one for the Sunderland uh, game. I expect probably Thursday, so that'll probably be out Friday. So you want to catch it from Millwall uh, point of view, and then we'll probably do a review maybe Sunday night, Monday uh, Monday night. So if you want to hear a review, especially if Sunderland have won, I'm sure I love doing that. Don't you? When when you, your team's beat another team, you love going to another channel. It's the and best. To what I got to say, it's fantastic. Um, so yeah, obviously if you do fancy it. Uh, that at that mill pod on 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 all social medias at uh, me is just at kai bennett 32 on twitter so yeah perfect kai great guest i wish you no luck on saturday but all the luck in the world for the rest <laughs> of the time all right and um, thanks for coming on mate cheers mate thank you very much for having me no problem